Welcome to the Guernsey Daily, I'm Ollie Gu. And I'm Rob Byrne. It's the final day of voting ahead of Thursday's expected Guernsey 2020 election results. I say expected because there's always the chance of a recount and there have been some complaints from postal voters too. All things well, we'll be bringing you the reaction in our final election show on Friday, but on today's episode we thought we'd catch up with outgoing deputy and head of the Island Scrutiny Committee, Chris Green. Deputy Green, thank you for coming on the Guernsey Daily. What's it been like for you as an outgoing politician watching candidates jostling for election in this quite unusual first time island wide election? Thank you for having me. It, it's been it's been very fascinating watching it from afar. I'm very glad that I'm not uh, actually a candidate. Um, I think watching an election campaign is a lot more enjoyable when you're not a candidate. It's been been really interesting. My, my hat does go off to the candidates because I can see maybe not all of them, but I can see many of them working really hard and giving it their all to to try and get elected. So their commitment and diligence to the cause is very impressive. Why did you decide not to stand for re-election? I think I decided that eight years in the States was long enough. I was first elected in the Cato in 2012, which, yeah, eight years ago, I, I found that a long time and I I want to get back to my legal career because I've effectively been keeping that on hold for eight years which is a long time out of it um, I mean I always worked in the law during my time in the states but it was very much on a very part-time basis and also I've got a young family and I, I want to make sure that I I'm around sufficiently to, to see my my daughter grow up etc so um, yeah it, it it was it felt like the right time I, I've had I've had it up to here really in the last four years in particular as president of scrutiny. So I, I felt it really important to have a break. I think it's good for politicians to have a break from the States now and again. Uh, I think it's very healthy to do so. We uh, got a lot of new um, independent candidates putting their, their foot forward and they may get elected, uh, who knows, come Friday. They're signing themselves in for, uh, you know, four years. You've you've been a deputy for eight Um was eight even long enough to, you know, enact any real change, or did you, did you kind of feel like you were banging your your head up against a brick wall? Um, I certainly did feel like it was banging your head against a brick wall. I, I do think here and there we we made some some good good changes. I mean, politics in Guernsey is very much a team game, so you have to look at it from the point of view of what you can achieve as a team. And when I look back relatively fondly on some of the things that we were able to do at education in, in my first term, 2012 to 2016, uh, like finally delivering on universal preschool education and a few other things as well. I also think that at Scrutiny in the last four years, we have, we've taken it forwards and people might not necessarily like everything we've done, but we, we did a total of 23 public hearings as well as five really substantive reviews. And I think we managed to change the, the reputation and profile of scrutiny within the states. I, I think we've become much more of a major player in, in the political world. And most of the reviews that we did were very much on subjects which were very much at the, the, the centre of, of Guernsey politics in the last four years. So I, I, I think we've managed to kind of progress things on the scrutiny front. I, I don't think we're anywhere near where it should be, but I think we we took it from a pretty low base and we've we've progressed it as far as we can. Where do you think scrutiny should be? Because it has been a criticism that it's it's kind of constrained within the current 
rules of the states you know uh, <laughs> you've probably heard people describe it as toothless that might be a bit unkind but what w- what would you like to see what kind of role would you like to see for it in the future i th- i think i think the the potential is there to to build on it very substantially in the next term i think now scrutiny does have legal powers to compel evidence and to compel witnesses to attend uh, and it, it can it can go ahead and, and do that. I, I think it is unfair to describe it as toothless. I also think that criticism often is based on on some fundamental misunderstanding understandings of what scrutiny actually is. But I think there are a couple of problems that need to be resolved for it to fully fully come into being. I think and to really achieve its potential. I, th- I think it needs more than just three politicians on the scrutiny management committee for a start. I also think it needs more resources. For example, I think it needs its own facilities to be able to hold public hearings at a drop of a hat. I think the problem we had was we always were very keen to do um, very quick public hearings after some row or fiasco reared up. But without our own premises, it meant that we we were always having to ring round and, and try to book um, you know, Duzane rooms or Beaux-Ajour or whatever. And it's very hard to do that at short notice when you find out that you know, there's some yoga class going on in, in, in the Duzane room that we always use. So it, 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 it's, it's one of those things. I think it does need more resources and it does need more politicians. And I think if you get those two involved, then, then it can be progressed further. But I, I mean, I genuinely think we took it as far as we possibly could without, without the legal powers. Those powers are now in place. So I think the next committee has got it all to consolidate that progress and, and take it forward even further. And have you had many candidates coming to you and asking you about the role or perhaps expressing an interest in, in taking up that kind of function in government? Yes, there have been a few. Um, and I stress a few, um, kind of three or four maybe, have expressed some very serious interest in it and, and would like to potentially have a role on, on the committee, which is which is great. But I, I think the the, the problem, if it is a problem, is that generally speaking, people don't stand for the states in order to be a scrutineer. They generally stand for the states in order to sit on government committees and to to progress policy and to make decisions about you know, the key political things of the day. Um, and there is that that challenge, which is that you know most people don't see themselves as parliamentarians necessarily, always always scrutineers. They see themselves as Want to be government ministers uh, in in the Guernsey context, and that's that's a problem that we've always had, and will probably continue. Obviously, you're going to be stepping away from politics, but uh, as somebody who's who's done it for so long, uh, you know, there's no there's no fully stepping away. You you can't you can't completely put your uh, out of the game, I guess. And you're a political watcher. You're going to kind of stick around with keen interest. Are you going to um, make yourself available to? candidates who do get elected if they need advice if they do need uh you know to, to discuss some of the some of the nuances of, of what you did in your role so that they can understand their role better yes absolutely i mean i i, I do definitely want to take a back seat from from politics uh, generally and i i certainly don't want to be the kind of ex-politician who's constantly popping up in the media criticizing the current lot you know within five minutes of being elected um, that's definitely not what I wanted to do because I know how hard the job is. But on the other hand, if people want to reach out to me, then you know, Guernsey's a small place. My number's in the book. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. They can certainly ask me for for assistance. And you know, whoever whoever sits on scrutiny in particular may well want to 
sit down with me and have a cup of coffee at some point because um although some of my opinions are fairly jaundiced by now i i think i do have a degree of insight that i'd be very happy to share and i i, I think um Gens is the kind of place where when you're in politics or whether in you're in the law or whatever your kind of professional or trade or job you know sometimes the best way to learn is just to pick up the phone and talk to people and and I'm, I'm very happy to share my experiences, both good and bad, with 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 new politicians, definitely. And what's it been like, uh, Deputy Green, deciding who you're going to vote for? Has it been? I mean, I, I know you you obviously have done it as a as a sitting politician, but it must be a bit different to you know pe- from people who are outside of politics. Do you think you do anything differently, or or, or what's the process like for you? I, th- I think I definitely have found it very different. I was talking to some, to some friends of mine on Friday night about this, and I think the problem is, as a as a as a politician, you know an awful lot of the candidates, and you know them uh, in almost excruciating detail because you've you've lived with them and worked with them for for eight years, and that gives you a very different perspective on some people. And I mean, even even talking to my wife about this, you know, she she, she certainly had a her kind of candidate favorites and i'm like well <laughs> yeah but they they did this in 2013 you know they said this to me in 2015 it it, it you're you've almost got too much information about about the, the kind of sitting deputies whereas in relation to new candidates i think there's definitely a sense that the, there is a need for some fresh faces and some new blood and, and i've been encouraged by some some of the new candidates certainly so no, I think it's very diff- difficult as a as a old hand trying to trying to vote. I, I have I have now voted. I voted for thirty six. Uh, I found it very very difficult for, for that for that simple reason that I think you know when you're in politics you just get to know people almost too well. And for for the wider public, um, people who aren't in your shoes who have that intimate knowledge, do you think that um, the independent candidates or or those who are kind of well known to Islanders are going to fare better in uh, an election where there's just so many people to choose from? This this is one of the great questions of this election. I, I think the received wisdom is that incumbent deputies will have an advantage, but I, I think any any candidate with a significant profile will have an advantage. I think there are incumbent deputies who, rightly or wrongly, don't have much of a profile, who I think will probably suffer, along with some of the new candidates who, again, have, have not been able to cut through. Um, certainly, some of the new candidates have, have a significant profile already, and, and that will be to their advantage. So it's one of those things where I think it's been incredibly difficult for unknowns, whether in, in politics already or, or outside, to, to kind of break through. And I think that's that was always one of the criticisms of full island wide voting. It lends itself to those who shout loudest and, and those who've had a, a really big kind of role in the previous states. And I, I think, well, we can we, we don't know what's going to happen at the moment, but I think that's one of the key things to look for in, in the kind of wash up process after this election, because it's it's quite it's quite a concern to a lot of people that we've created a system that that is just going to thwart the ambitions of of relatively unknown people who may well be extremely competent who may well be incredibly able politicians in the future and we've potentially set up a system that's going to stymie their efforts which which can't be in the public interest more broadly and what about the conversely you could argue that you know by giving the public a greater choice in terms of being able to vote in you know 38 individuals and in the entirety of an assembly versus just their 
parish it it it, you know on on the flip side of the coin it offers a more democratic choice what were you and forgive me what was your 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 thinking and your vote on on that at the time in the referendum yeah i mean in the referendum i was involved in option c which was the the compromise option of of trying to combine an element of island-wide voting of of 10 island-wide deputies with 28 district deputies and I mean, you know, I, I, I advocated that, but I could see that it was not a, a truly viable um, situation, really. And uh, I was slightly surprised that we ended up going second, actually. We, we kind of saw, saw off the status quo option and were only really pipped at the post by, by option A. So, you know, I, I often think to myself, if option C had had a bit more organisation and vigour, we, we may well have won it. But um, I think I was always concerned that option A would would come with a bundle of advantages and a bundle of a bundle of uh, problems and that, I think that's potentially what we've what we've seen I mean you're right it, it does give a greater amount of choice and a lot of people like the fact that they've got a vast amount of choice but the flip side of that is it's it's too much choice for for some people and it, it kind of militates against being able to scrutinize all candidates to the same degree because most the vast majority of of ordinary voters are not political anoraks. They they don't uh, follow Guernsey politics very closely. But when it comes to an election, they do tune in. They they do start to engage. They do follow things like the Guernsey Daily and, and the radio hustings, and they watch some of the videos online. And they will make their choices. But I think what we've done is we've created a system that requires uh, a massive effort, uh, an intense focus by by the, the the ordinary voter to actually work their way through the list of candidates and and really we've given we've given the voter an awful lot of work to do with this system what do you make of the role of the media in covering elections now clearly we have more candidates than we've had in the past um, under the parochial system but in either system you're going to have a large number of candidates in the media for you know differing reasons decide that it's perhaps you know, ill-advised or impossible to try and scrutinise every candidate or give every candidate, a, you know, an equal opportunity to address the electorate. And obviously Guernsey differs greatly to other jurisdictions in terms of the sort of the level of scrutiny of candidates being much less in the lead up to an election. Um, I wonder what your take on that is. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think, to be honest, I think the the traditional media has slightly been wrong-footed by the system, if I, if I had to put it like that. I think certainly the response of, of the radio hustings, I think, has, has been good. Um, but I think it's given a lot of scope for for podcasts and for social media to, to take over. And f- Facebook and Twitter have, have really been the kind of core, in many ways, for, for a lot of voters in, in terms of the, them getting their political information. I think I think the traditional media has been slightly, slightly sidelined. I mean, I, I wouldn't exaggerate this point, but it, but you do get a slight feeling that the the more traditional methods of spreading information about the candidates has moved on a bit. And uh, I mean, I think that's right. I mean, it's a 21st century election. It's totally new. Um, I think it was always going to involve a much greater element of, of social media. And, and that's how a lot of people, especially younger people, get their Get their news generally these days so it's it's just very different isn't it and I wouldn't want to comment at the moment about whether it's better or any worse yeah I think you're right it, there's always a limit to the amount of scrutiny of individual candidates but in this day and age I think 
I think expectations should be uh, towards high levels of, of scrutiny of, of candidates. You know, at the end of the day, we are electing the whole government uh, and each individual voter will be able to vote in 38 people. I don't think it's too much to ask that there's a, a reasonable level of, of scrutiny of, of candidates' individual achievements and, and perhaps their, their less successful moments. And, I, you know, I, I think most people would agree with that. And um, you, you spoke about the amount of work that voters have to do. Um, but actually, I suppose, with the advent of podcasts like this and loads of uh, innovative approaches from pub, you know members of the public doing things off their own back we've interviewed a, a number of them on the show um I, I suppose you could argue that it's actually made people more politically engaged because they're seeing the need to help fellow voters and therefore they themselves are getting you know more in tune with politics uh, and potentially bringing uh, other people along with them so i mean have you been heartened by the amount of political innovation that's gone on because of the island-wide voting system Yes, yes, I think I have. As as you say, I think I think there's definitely been more political engagement this time around than than previously. So so for that reason alone, I think you can you know chalk up a, a success of this new voting system. I think there is a buzz as well about this election. I, I think it is a, a very different buzz from parish elections in the past, which were very much kind of centered around around the, the parish hustings and, and, and about canvassing door to door. But and there's definitely a buzz. And I think a lot of that is generated by, by some of the new new modes of engagement. And um, I think you can also say that there's been a, a certain amount of political education going on as well, which is, which is no bad thing. Deputy Chris Green, thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. A reminder, there'll be no episode on Thursday, but we'll bring you reaction to the election results on Friday. We know it's very late in the day, but if you are still an undecided voter, you can go back and listen to our previous episodes. We've got full-length candidate interviews and bite-sized manifestos. To get in touch with the show, find us on Twitter at Guernsey Daily or email theguernseydaily at gmail.com. Remember, the full list of candidates is available on election2020.gg. You can also hear us on Guernsey Community Radio, who we're proud to be part of. Until next time, goodbye. Bye.